What do you What do you say, Justin? You think we should get this started? I think we should rock and roll, man. This is a great episode we got Cause, planned. Because we got a lot to talk about. There was a <laughs> lot that happened this week. I mean, yeah. we had a great episode last week, I felt like. I agree. I was, we were on point the entire time. But I think there's even more that's happened. You know what I mean? Like, it is yeah. kind of bonkers, everything that has happened this week. It's been a long time since I didn't go to the Reddit every day just looking for shit posts that made me laugh. Like, I am refreshing that thing constantly. Yeah, the Reddit. Like, I'm hunting around a couple of other news sites. I yeah. am checking Twitter mm-hmm. very, very frequently. I've heard that Mueller is going to land some more indictments tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, lawyers are uh, bowing yeah. out. We got, a like, a new man. national security advisor. Right, and he's um, only completely insane. That didn't take long. <laughs> Bitcoin's still a thing. Let's just cover it all right out of the gate. Somebody made him a, a fake um, card for a Tide Pod, a zero one with lethal, which I thought was genius. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be like there should be cards that have the option of making a sweet roll or a Tide Pod. I totally agree. like it's a one or the other. I think that's great. I I could not agree more. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, how do you wanna how do you wanna start things off tonight? I mean, because we well, there seems to be some disagreement about what we're previewing today. I mean, there is some disagreement, but even before then, I think we have to start off with the thing that we finally got to share. Like that we can is get, true. We can get it off our chest. We can finally say, "Hey, everybody, if you're gonna go to Pax East, yeah, you we're can, gonna be there. You can you can meet Justin and I. We are going yes. to be there." Super excited. We'll be doing a live broadcast of the Fun and Interactive podcast on Saturday, April 7th from PAX East with CBH, with everybody else, and then we'll be hanging out all night. Yeah. You can come shake Justin's hand and give me a hug. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is exactly how that goes. That, that is 100% how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Heads up, people. I don't like being touched, so keep that in mind, please. Yeah. Shake Justin's but, hand. Give yeah. me a hug. I will hug you. I don't care. Yeah. So this is, I mean, that's going to be super exciting. I can't wait to meet everybody who's there. Uh, I think Bethesda's rented out an entire comedy club. So like the whole night I've heard there's going to be music and food and it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Here's the thing you need to know. If you're going to be in the Boston area, you do not need a PAX badge to attend right. this event. This is actually something that is occurring like at PAX, but it's across the street. They literally rented out right. an entire location. They're going to be playing a ton of bethesda games so you can go there yes. and you can try out uh elder scrolls online legends uh wolfenstein gonna, on switch yeah wolfenstein on switch so literally like you just go to this place that's just outside of pax east and play games and and hang out it's gonna be yes. uh a lot of fun so even if you're in the yep. area but weren't going to attend show up say hello have fun yeah, this is going to be really big. It's going to be really fun. Uh, interactive, obviously, like for real this time. And we'll be hanging out all night. I mean, I fly in early Friday morning and I fly out early uh, Sunday morning. Sandra is going to be there. Um, so if you have any questions about how the channel actually works, somebody will be able to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be legit. I know Dragon Tamer Blade is going to be there. Um, yes. Yum Yum from the Reddit is going to be there. A uh, bunch of people, so um though won't be at the bethesda event if you are going to actual pax uh lady devon that sometimes streams legends will be there on friday because yes. she is doing some stuff for gamestop network uh gamestop yeah. tv uh, i know she said that so there's gonna be a lot of people there um yeah great 
great times. This is going to be an absolute blast. Um, if you guys have any questions, anything you want us to talk about or do while we're there, uh, photos you want us to take, memes you want us to recreate in person, you know, think about those things in the next couple of weeks and either tell us when you get there or let us know beforehand. Yeah, there's also the, there's a really cool costume that Justin's going to wear. I'm going to put it up on screen real quick. Oh, shit. So, so there's your preview. Yeah, I've been working out. Yeah, drink uh, it in. Yeah. Are we actually, I think we're breaking the Twitch terms of service right now by showing this. Oh no, you're, you're thinking about something else. If, oh. you, guys, if you guys want to see Justin, <laughs> Justin's been working out, gang. Here, we'll, yes. uh... Yeah. I actually have lost some weight. I got really sick like a month ago and I lost some weight because I just haven't been eating as much since then. <laughs> we'll go ahead and throw this up. Um, yeah. Justin is joining CVH and I on the workout train. And he's yeah. been showing us some gains. Right. Check it out. To quote Fight Club, he is carved out of wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I slew a creature, and I came back as the eradicator of the Winged Menace, and uh, that's what I look like now. Yeah, yeah. he used to be a 1-1, but then he yeah. slew a 0-1 lethal Tide Pod, survived, and came out looking yes. like this. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, that that is what I look like in the flesh, so you guys get to see that when you come to PAX, uh, PAX East. Fun fact... The image yeah. that I'm showing right now is actually on a scene in my OBS titled nice. titled Card Teaser Art. But that's not that's not card teaser art. That doesn't look at all like this. That doesn't card look at all like that Argonian. Which I didn't no. think we were doing an Argonian this week. I thought it was a mud crab, but You you were sadly mistaken. We are previewing an Argonian. And actually I think I think we actually have a special guest to uh that has a few things they want to say about this card. Yeah, I I think we should get him on. We should welcome right. a special guest. All right, here we go. Let's get the special guest in here. Guess I should put the camera back on. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody say hello to our special guest. Hello, everyone. I am Sun in Shadows. I have been part of the Legends community for a long time without letting anyone know. And today, I am proud to present my very own Legends card. Charmer, you look delicious. <laughs> Not nearly as delicious as a Tide Pod, but... Tide oh. Pods are delicious as well. And if I had a zero-one Tide Pod with lethal on the board, it would be the perfect target for my special summon ability. <laughs> oh, alright. So, let's go ahead and show what you can do. Sun in Fantastic. I am very excited to debut my three-color unique legendary card. Sun in Shadow. This is a House Telvani unique legend. House Telvani for life, motherfuckers. It is a five cost four six, so it's got a solid body. And it says summon, permanently shackle another friendly creature. But the payoff for that is you get to then draw an action of your choice from your deck. So you yeah. have to have a little bit of a drawback, but then you get one heck of a benefit, especially because it's a tricolor card. You know your deck has to be at least 75 cards, but a tutor yeah. effect makes things more consistent. Absolutely. Uh, I think this is one of the most powerful cards in the game. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. It, it does seem really good on the surface. I'm, I mean, we kind of yes. know that the, the three-color cards have to be powerful to, to warrant right. the drawback, but right. 
the the body is really really strong on this right a four six yes. uh, assuming that you're playing this in some sort of like house con uh telvani either combo or control deck because i think that's kind of what those colors favor of course um or even like a, a mid-range strategy but like let's be honest there's like a a scoutish with ice storm viable yeah. deck out there somewhere i'm sure i, I agree i think um, that's the four six body is 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 great. Uh, it trades and survives with a lot of key threats, um, yes. so that that is not irrelevant whatsoever. I think the shackle is a very very minor drawback. You can either yeah. shackle an ultra target, shackle your guard that was going to just protect you anyway. Right. Um, yeah, shackling a guard is is exactly where I went with this, and alter targets as well, because I think you always run alter in the seventy five. Yeah, shackle run. your Belmora spy master that was going to sit there anyway. Right. Um, there's a number of things, like especially in these attributes, that I think that you can 100% yeah. target. And then there's also stuff like uh, Dress Renegade, where you can just negate the shackle, yep. um, so on and so forth. Uh, Darker yeah. Birth gets around it. Now, for that, you then get to draw an action of your choice. So, again, right. consistency. You can find that Ice Storm if you need it. You can find... Yeah. Uh, you know, the soul terror, the dark rebirth, the whatever combo piece the you need. The, the journey to Sovngarde for the house Tolvani mirror. <laughs> right. The nest of vipers. Like I, yeah. I really like this card. I agree. I think this card's great. The art is incredible. Um, and the four, six body is totally respectable too. Like this is just the complete package. This is what you want in a three color unique legendary. That's going to encourage you to build a 75 card deck. Yeah, so some people are asking in chat, silencing the shackle would also remove it. So if you silenced something yes. that had no text on it, or shackled something with had no text on it right. and then silenced it, uh, right. you know. Right. You're, you're just uh, getting more, a lot of value in this card. Morky Pep asks, what if you don't have another creature? Then you just summon a 4-6 with no ability. Correct, because this does say another friendly so if you cannot do the first part then uh you don't get the second part because it specifically says you have to shackle another creature to right. draw an action so if you don't meet the uh, first requirement you don't get the second part yeah yeah this is a really exciting card and somebody mentions lanith for for uh four less magic or whatever it is but the, i think that in the same deck you run this you 100 percent run lanith as well <laughs> yeah probably yeah. Uh, Ian Bits mentions, you know, it's just a question of whether this is powerful enough to make a 75 card control playable, uh, yeah. which by itself, he surmises it won't, but it's powerful enough to be a consideration. And I agree. And I yeah. think that, you know, as we've already seen from some of the other reveals, and we are going to talk about the reveals that have come up since our last podcast, yeah. um, we know that there's more than just the unique legends. So I'm curious to see what the other House Telvani cards are. Right. Uh, you know, to kind of make those combinations and, and do I mean, the things. It's already got obvious synergy with Betray, because, like, let's say you shackle something small and shitty, uh, then you go ahead and sacrifice that creature to Betray, and you get additional value off that creature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, you already know I'm a big fan of uh, Ultra Assassin decks, mm -hmm. and so it's not a stretch to then go to a 75-card version, and so it's a great synergy with Ultra. Um, I think is right. a great great card in 75 card decks because that again kind of gives you some more consistency more thinning um yeah i like this card a lot i agree i think it's fantastic it's also our first blue argonian yes this That's argonian right. has the blues <clears throat> it does 
Well, I mean, it's it's friend like because you know the Argonians have a long and storied history of being enslaved by the Dark Elves who live in Morrowind, where we're hanging out these days. And uh, Sun and Shadow here is like, look, I survived slavery. I'm going to go ahead and enslave my friend here for more power. And I, that sort of decision has to weigh heavily on Sun and Shadow's mind. <laughs> You would think, but man, when I look at that art, I don't see anything weighing on Sun and Shadow's mind. I see Sun and Shadow going, hmm, what do I get to go search for? That's true. That's true. Yeah, this is a, this is a beast of a card, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, speaking of cards, uh, we did plan on going over the other cards that have yes. been released since our last podcast. So, we're going to go yes. ahead and go through those. Even some that were released today, in fact... Uh, we were a couple of minutes late getting this podcast started because there were cards that were released last minute and I wanted to make sure they right. were included. So uh, yeah. again, we're going to take a trip through the uh, Houses of Morrowind reveals. Right. And this is, you know, there are a couple of reasons for this. First of all, um, hearing each other's thoughts on it, you know, we're going to refine our own views of the cards. Second, uh, this is so that you guys and the two of us can hold us accountable for how wrong we were and three weeks when it turns out that the cards we thought were great suck and the cards we think suck are great and um we're gonna start looking for synergies looking for deck building opportunities as we do this so uh we're gonna go through this in alphabetical order why because that's the way it's arranged uh so first up we have elmalexia which appears to be the like cousin to vivic that we reviewed last week uh, yes. For our audio folks, Almalexia is a 7-cost unique legendary and endurance with a 6-6 six, six body that has Exalt 3 of plus 6, plus 6, and friendly exalted creatures are immune to damage. Yeah. I love I love what they've done with these exalted creatures. We saw something like this on Vivek, where like if you control an exalted creature, this happens. So exalts not just bigger bodies. You know, being exalted, controlling exalted creatures, like is going to mean something in addition to just bigger numbers. And I like that a lot. This is also a twelve, twelve for ten, which is not to be you know, not to be ignored. What I think I like about this card is that I think this one has slightly more value if you play it when it's not exalted than Vivek. Did. yeah vivic is yeah. a like you you can't lose the game as long as you have an exalted creature in play um right. but that's just like entirely 100 percent preventative elmalexia on the other hand is the sort of thing that if you already have an exalted creature you can play elmalexia even if she herself isn't exalted and then use your <laughs> exalted creatures to get value trades because they're not going to take damage when you run them into something absolutely you're so, cheap exalted creatures you're you're all that stuff, yeah. So while I, I ultimately, I think that both this card and Vivek might end up proving to be maybe a little bit too slow. I mean, we'll see how things shake out. But right now, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him. I'm, I'm kind of really skeptical. I, I will say this that yeah. I think that this one has more value than Vivek does because of that ability to make those value trades the minute it hits I totally, the board. I totally agree. I think more often than not, the play with this guy, with this lady, will be to drop her turn six or seven and then make that trade. Moving on, we have... Uh, this is one of the ones that was very recent. Uh, it's mm -hmm. another tricolor card, but this one is a rare and not a unique legend. So, so far... Uh, we've seen unique uh, legends, yes. we've seen uh, epics, and now rares. So I'm wondering if we're going to get like a cycle 
uh, from each rarity, but we have Ascended Sleeper. This is a six cost three six that belongs to strength, intelligence, and agility. Yes. Right? So the House Dagath. <clears throat> yeah. Has guard, which is yes. pretty good on a three six body. Uh, but the, the text is really interesting. It says, at the end of your turn, if you have a creature with five or more power, again, the, the Dagath theme, uh, reduce the cost of all creatures in your hand by one. Yes. This is a really, really cool card. And look, I think that just a 3-6 with this cool text for 6, I don't know that that would be playable. I think Guard pushes this into playable territory. Uh, to be fair, we haven't seen any 5-power creatures from House Dagoth except for Dagoth or himself. So like, I assume there are going to be some pretty cheap enablers for this mechanic, You know, besides the the two that already exist, the two 5-power th 3-drop three, three creatures. Um, but... Uh, you can get into some pretty serious shenanigans with just one discount off this guy. And if you can pull off two, you know, like so let's say you're facing against a control deck that doesn't have the opportunity to trade into this right away or uh, doesn't want to spend removal on this for some reason, I think you can just really do some obscene things with two turns of discount from this. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting and kind of sad because the, the first time I saw this card, I thought it's a shame that this requires you to play a 75-card deck. Because yeah. nothing would make me happier than reducing the cost of Wismother and all of my Relentless Raiders. That's a good call. That's a good call. But you know Wismother what I mean? Wismother in general can get really dirty with this card. Yeah. So that was like my first thought. Um, yeah. What's interesting is because this costs six, it's already hitting the board pretty late. So right. I, I question, unless you're, again, more of a late game focused duck, I question how many creatures you're actually going to have in your hand to get the benefit. You know what I That's mean? That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> Very well could be a lot. Might not be. But that was a, another concern that I was kind of mulling over. It does provide a sort of ramp option for decks that aren't running purple. Um, and I, ha I have to imagine that on the whole, 75 card decks are going to tend more towards mid-range or control than, 50, than, than, than they would if they were 50 card decks. Um, so I think that like... Just the, the the power to say hit your Parthenax a turn before your opponent could that that Ascendant Sleeper could provide might make it worth it in these colors. Yeah. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I highly recommend you come check out the art for this card. This is an Ash creature as far as its creature yeah. type. Yes. But it doesn't look like the other Ash creatures that have been shown. Um, right. This looks like if Cthulhu mated with somebody that had a face hugger attached to him and uh, this was the result. Right. Yeah, this is my new favorite art in the game, hands down. I think this card is beautiful. I think the three color frame, these three colors in particular, looks perfect on this card. I just think it's really, really cool. Yeah, the art is pretty fantastic, so. Yeah. So we're going to move along. We've got Aspect of Hercene. Mm-hmm. Aspect of Hercene is a uh, nine cost six six strength creature. It is a legendary, yes. but it is not unique. Uh, right. And it says summon, choose one. You either choose strength, and the creature gets plus six plus six in guard, or you choose speed, <laughs> right. and it gets charge. So for nine, you either get yeah. a six six with charge, or you get yeah. a twelve twelve with guard. I I think this card is really good. I think this card is really good. I, I like this in Crusader Control. I could see that. Yeah. It's either a slightly overcosted removal spell, a uh, finisher, 
or just a giant roadblock that comes down really early for a 12 drop with guard for a 12 12 with guard yeah so i think that the obvious comparison is to tazcad because that's another nine cost creature that can charge for six sure um tazcad obviously is a higher power level as you would expect being a unique legendary yeah because it it doesn't have the breakthrough doesn't have the last gasp but if you're using it as a finisher nine times out of ten you're probably just doing the last six anyway six is an important stat i think the reason that this would see play over yeah. say swift ring dragon is because six allows you to skip a rune where yeah, the fair. five five dragon does not um yeah. so if you're making that comparison but the lack of yeah. other abilities um you know it kind of makes it interesting like like on the one hand a 12 12 guard is fantastic but mm -hmm. i still think that this even though it's got more stats it would be weaker than vigilant giant because i think the card draw is important there similarly yeah. like comparing to tazcad like it's good but it's clearly not like as good as tazcad but yeah. it's still i think worth playing yeah, I think the, fl the flexibility, I mean, the fact that both choices are under-costed, I mean, not under-costed, but the 12-12 is under-costed. But I, I just think that b because both modes are great cost, this card will see play. Yeah, I, for me, the big attraction is just that it exists. You know, I was, I was kind of going back and forth with some people on Twitter, and I said, just the fact that this exists will change the way people play the game. Like, yeah. when you play against agility decks, you're basically uh, accounting for once I hit six, I have to assume they have Tazcad. And so you will sometimes right. make plays that aren't in your best interest just to, say, keep you at, like, seven health or something, right? Yeah, now absolutely. this applies to every deck that also runs strength because uh, there is a chance that they are running this, right? Like, just the existence changes the way things happen. I agree. This is This is a great card. Yeah, um, creature type a, is a werewolf too. I was just about to say it's a werewolf for what that's worth, everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, this card is one hundred percent going to see play. It's a matter of like, is the deck that it's decks that it's best in? Like, are those decks like going to be tier one decks? You know, that, that's a question I think. Yeah, speaking of stuff that people are really excited for, uh, this uh, the next one has got a lot of fanfare. Yeah, and that is the. Uh, I'm going to slaughter the pronunciation on this. The Onday <laughs> Clan Sorcerer. On, on, Onday, Ondai. It's been a while yeah. since I played more, uh, Morrowind, so... Yes. This is a 3-cost, 4-3 creature that is an endurance creature. It's a vampire. It's a vampire. It's a yes. legend, but it is not a unique legend. Right. And it says at the end of your turn, if three or more creatures died this turn... Put yeah. a random blood magic spell into your hand. Yes. So let's get the obvious out of the way, right? I think this is probably good in uh, what will be the next iteration of the Ring of Namira or Shrine of Namira. Shrine of Namira, Doomcrag. Warrior deck, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be my guess. That is the most obvious place to put it. Yeah. So what's interesting here is it's just three or more creatures, it doesn't yeah. mean your creatures. So, uh, you know, if you, if somebody drops a big fat guard in your way and you have to trade two creatures into it and your two die, but theirs also dies, that would trigger this. It's at end yes. of turn. So barring yes. like ordering and prophecies messing stuff up, you likely choose when you would get the value if you're trying to get the blood magic spell. Right. Um, from just a stat standpoint, three for a four, three is great for stats. 
Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. I agree. Um, I, I think this card is, is really solid. Um, it's a card that's going to require a little more. I mean, you don't just jam. This isn't Daggerfall Mage, right? You don't just jam this card. But I think that this card is good. I think it's really good. Yeah, the decks that want to utilize this will definitely benefit from it. Yes. Um, I don't. I don't think that it's. Yeah, like I don't think I, that it's going to be like ubiquitous or anything like that. Um, I do think that it is a buff to Dawnbreaker. Every every set, I look for the things that Dawnbreaker wrecks. This that is, is true. This is one of them. This is a Dawnbreaker buff. I I think I I if I made a if I'm going to make a super bold prediction, I think that within a year and a half, two years, the Vampire Tribal will be a possibility. And I'm looking forward to shuffling Dawnbreakers in my deck with Galen when that day comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this card's really good. It's 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 more specialized than I think I think than it looks at first, right? Like this is a card you need to think about whether or not you put in your deck, but uh, it's it's not just an auto include. But I do think it's really solid. So this next card I think is very interesting, and it's one of the ones that was like a, a late reveal that I was trying to cram into our show. So this is going to be a really fresh take because I've barely had time to mentally digest this one. Let's see which one this so, is. So this is Bolvin Venom. This is a yes. three cost three three unique legendary that is yes. in uh, the attributes of strength, willpower, and endurance. It is a tricolor card. So he is a three for three three, but he has a very interesting effect. First up, he has rally. Mm -hmm. Yes. New keyword. Every time he attacks, he gives a creature in your hand plus one plus one. Right. But it also says when mm -hmm. you rally with no creatures in hand. You mm -hmm. first draw Bolvin Venom from your deck. Yes. So again, this is like a, a reverse tutor in that it always tutors him when you get the trigger. Right. But again, because it's tricolor, you're playing him in a 75 card deck, so it provides yes. some level of consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it means if you're going to rally and you don't have something in your hand, it means you always at least like get him from your deck, and that would make him a 4-4. Yes. Because yeah, he this, would get the rally effect. This card is great, right? Like, this... I mean, obviously, as a three-color card, it's a specific deck that you're auto-including this in. But you put this in every deck of these three colors, I think. Um, it, It's as an insurance policy. I said this earlier, right? This, is, this card is an insurance policy against uh, dead rally cards on the board. I mean, I think a 3-3 three, three for three with rally would be playable, to be totally honest with you. Um you know in the right deck like yeah. i don't know that the rally deck or the rally decks look a lot like decks that we already play necessarily i, I think that this mechanic doesn't really i don't know that it favors any of the kinds of decks that we that see play this these days that much i think it requires a kind of a new thinking about how you're building your mid-range strategies um and i think bolvin's great in it i think there will probably be a two color rally deck uh if we see like two more you know reasonable rally cards but i think bolvin is really 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 strong yeah, so Chats already went to the first place that I went when I saw this card. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't had a lot of time to mentally digest it, but when I saw this, I thought to myself, okay, so what happens when you gale in it? Ooh. I don't know. You know, I, I think Maricon's in chat. Yeah, so <laughs> the thing is, is like, 
he's clearly in your hand when you play the Galen, right? So yes. you have to play Galen, then play the Bolvin that was in your hand, hope that you have no yes. other creatures, but then Bolvin, I would imagine, would then fetch you three Bolvins. Yes. That would be incredible. That would that would be an amazing combo if that worked. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was the one of the first yeah. combos I thought of. I'm sure that there's going to be more. Anytime you have any sort of tutor effect, right? Yes. There's going to be like potential for abuse, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how many, uh, if at all, we get that are like quality two drops with Rally, so that you yeah. can try to set up like. I drop my two drop, it finds me Bolvin, and then I, you know, I get my four four for three that also has rally. Um, yeah, this is really solid. Yeah, I like this guy. I mean, and and you should because again, like, uh, the tricolor cards are going to be really powerful right. to promote that. So, I agree. Yeah, I like that. I love that combo. I, I think this card's amazing. Um, yeah, I like what three colors lets us do. Uh, let, lets us play with in terms of the power level of unique legendaries, to be honest with you. So next up, we have Cliff Racer Onslaught. This is a card that <laughs> that really, after it was revealed, I think kind of creates a, like a divide. Um, pretty yeah. sure Ian Bits revealed this, and I, I know a lot of people think that it's absolute garbage, and I am kind of a fan. Are you? I, I am. Do you, like, uh, the the do kind you, of decks you, that I would want to put this in, like if yeah. I don't have something on the board by the time that I'm playing this, then I probably have already lost anyway. So, <laughs> do you uh, do you ever play Charis Breeding Pit? I don't, but Charis Breeding Pit doesn't potentially let me charge, or trigger my slaves. <laughs> like, fair enough. It's it's just gonna be stats. <laughs> like, look, you laugh, but. I think just, Charis, just like I think, you, let, let, let me let me explain my position on this card, all right? <laughs> just yeah. like you, when you saw Daring Heist and you said, I don't know, man, it says draw two cards. <laughs> I am going to take my stance and say, I don't know, man, it says charge. It might be a <laughs> conditional like charge. Two charges. Right? It might be a conditional yeah. charge, right? There's a speed bump you got to get over. Yeah. But I just want you to know that you, uh, you hear draw two cards <laughs> I hear charge. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, I hear what you're saying. Look, I, I don't think this card is particularly good. I think it's hysterical and it's a card that I'm sure I'm going to play with at some point, but, uh, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I, I haven't figured out any way to break this. How about have any one, one in your two lanes when you play it? On turn nine, if I'm trying to get lethal with a nine drop spell, like why do I have a one one on board? Well, <laughs> because they killed all your real threats, and you've got one ones left behind, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I I just in my mind, any time that Cliff Racer onslaught might be good, Taurus Breeding Pit is better. Yeah, I don't. I'm. It says charge, man. <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Let's Maybe go. the thing is, is Charis Breeding Pit's a good card, and we've never given it its due. Listen, this thing is going to screech twice. You know the kind of PTSD <laughs> that that sound effect will cause alone? <laughs> That's fair. Oh, Americon says that with Chanter out, uh, Onslaught gets Tazcad. Right? And Tazcad runs over the target with Breakthrough. That's true. That's that's uh, 9 damage in a lane. No, 10 damage in a lane. 
That's right. fair. That's fair. Moving on. This is another one of the more recent reveals. Um, this yeah. one I saw some people were also claiming is is really strong, and I think it's going to be more of a combo piece. Um, yeah. Not that I don't like it, but uh, yeah. this is Ebon Heart Oracle. Yeah. This is a five cost willpower card. It's a three five yeah. with drain, and it yeah. says double the amount of health you gain. Right. Look, this card has one purpose. <laughs> <laughs> This card says, "Hey, are you at? Tw- is your opponent at twenty-seven life? Your board is empty except for a Dawnstar healer. Win the game next turn." <laughs> right. It is worth. So here's the thing, right? The first thing that comes to mind is Ring and Amira. Yeah. Because this costs five. Ring and Amira costs seven. You can uh, potentially right. play them both without your opponent being able to respond and then right. try to just win, right? So like that's the obvious. But yeah. I think one of the the powerful parts to this card, in my opinion. Are any of your your burst healing options that are either uh, underplayed or were played but have kind of been sunsetted? Because now you can get a ton of value in a control deck for stabilizing. So I think a, I think a cards like Knight of the Hour or Healing Potion that used to be in their heydays staples yeah. in Control Mage, but now yeah. it's it's kind of just like not worth it. But if like it's I mean again like you have to earn Healing Potion, and I understand that that sounds really bad, but like, if you right. play this in a healing potion, you just gained 10 life, and 10 life is a lot. Um, it's also a 3-5. The 5 health is really important. That means it can't be lightning bolted. It survives a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, creatures that would have been played prior to turn 5. Yeah. Um, you know, drain is drain. I, I it, It's really a good with uh, Undying Dragon, right? Yeah. It's an easy way to make sure that thing gets uh, the buffs sure i don't know i i have to admit like other than the the combo kill i i I struggle to see where i would ever play this instead of undying dragon i mean i think that i would run this over undying dragon if i was playing a deck that ran things like knight of the hour but a lot of people have been cutting that but like the fact that even if i give like listen hear me out right i would consider playing this in like the prophecy variant of control mage because if i drop this on the board and you like ignore it or break runes and i get a free knight of the hour or a free dark harvester from prophecy like i just beat any aggro deck period no that that's fair that's fair You, you just win in that scenario i think that the reason i mean i've always found that one of the reasons like support mages frequently run undying dragon is because in the mirror that lands as a 10 10 turn five and you can run away with the game real quickly with it you know sure. you just like you totally lose that opportunity with this like this is a dead draw in the support mage mirror yeah no i mean this it's interesting right like i think this is absolutely uh better than undying dragon against aggro and midrange and i think that this card is obviously worse in right. the control mirrors but right you know as far as a stabilization tool goes like I, I care about stabilizing more yeah, than the fair. aggro and mid range. So that's fair. You know, it, yeah. Chat's uh, talking about the thing you have to consider too is your healing elixirs are gonna heal for a ridiculous yeah. amount with this on the board. So that's true. That is true. It's an interesting card. I do think it's it's beautiful. Like I love how large the image is on it. Yeah, the art is really fantastic. I think it's likely gonna look amazing in premium. That, yeah, I, think I agree. That's kind of a given for most of the stuff in this set. Yeah, I was going to say, man, that goes for every single card in this expansion. Like, this this is... Not the... every single card. There's a couple that are... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. 
So. Wait, wait. So we neither one of us have really like given a solid. I mean, like I guess I haven't weighed in on this one solidly. So chat can tell me if I'm wrong in a month. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, I don't think that card will see play, but I wouldn't mind being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> solid, solid age got timed out. <laughs> there we go. Now, who, hold was, on. Who got timed out last week? Yeah, I forget. I forgot uh, Solid Age wasn't added, so <laughs> we can we can go ahead and do that now, so he can do his thing. But let's let's move on because this is a card that a lot of people think is junk, and I think has the potential to be uh, better uh, than it's getting credit for. Yeah, and that's Falling Wizard. So this is a two cost five five in intelligence. Yeah. However. <laughs> It says summon, Falling Wizard deals 5 damage to himself, and then it has a Last Gasp of Draw and Experimental Scroll, which are the... Uh, the Jizargo cards. Yeah, the Jizargo cards. So, uh, <laughs> on the surface, this is yeah. a, uh, you know, pay 2 to get an Experimental Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, this card is hysterical. But, I, 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 I don't know... <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people. So there, look, there's a million ways to keep it alive. None of them yeah. are particularly good, but there's like a million ways to keep it alive. Yeah, yeah. The reason are. that I, the reason that I want to put the word of caution out there is this is in intelligence. So that's one of yeah. the house house dagga things that cares about cards that yeah. have five power or more. Yeah. So far, what's been revealed are cards that say if you have a creature with five or more power in play, that's but. Fine. If House Dagoth prints anything that says whenever a creature with five or more power enters play, because we even have a couple of those in Skyrim, so stuff like East Empire, yeah. uh, Crafter yeah. with Toughness and whatever. But if That's you ever fair. have one of those, this yeah. card is a really cheap activator. Hold on, the uh, the Nord, the 4-2 Nord that's red, because yes. you're not playing East Empire Crafter in, in House Dagoth. Does that give plus one, plus one? It does, and Breakthrough. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, I see. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, this is a House Dagoth card, right? Or maybe House Telvanni, but I think House Dagoth. This is was where this card belonged. I like that. No, no, Chief Kush with East Empire Crafter, you have a six-one guard. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I don't think that you're playing this, in my opinion, for the stats. Like you're never gonna likely no. get this to be a true like two mana five-five, barring like a Mundestone High Roll or something weird. Right. Um, nobody's going to play Lion Guard Strategist just for that, but... I don't know, man. <laughs> for me, this this is one of those cards in my mind that like you, you keep in the back of your mind because there might be things that it can trigger. To me, this is like a combo activator. So I would be, again, yeah. looking for anything that says, like, if something with five power or five toughness enters play, this immediately meets those requirements. Any yeah. of those cards, like the uh, Sorcerer that we previewed earlier that say if, you know, X number of creatures died this turn... Yeah. This is another great way to up the, the count very easily, right. in my opinion. Do you remember Scornful Egotist from Magic? It's an 8-cost 1-1 one, one with Morph. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, ex it, it, it reminds me of this, right? Like, that card existed to do other things, right, with its stats that, like, had nothing to do with the... You know I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> It was a card that synergized with a lot of stuff in the set. The converted mana cost matters stuff, the morph stuff. I, I think that this card, you're right. This is a combo piece. This is a, a next level kind of card. Yeah, I 
like I said, I'm not saying that this is good. I'm saying that it has yeah. the potential to be better than the absolute trash tier that it's being billed as. <laughs> and there are sometimes cards that you look at and you know are good. There are sometimes cards you look yeah. at and you know are probably bad. But to me, this is one of those ones where I say in the back of my head, like, right. all right, I'm going to at least, like, make a mental note and keep an eye out for things this could trigger. That That's true. Yeah, I'm going to give this card... A 1 out of 10 with a caveat that it could be an 8 out of 10 in the right situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And experiment, experimental scrolls are fun. I'm not going to, you know, can't deny that. So next up we have another one of the ones that was uh, like a late reveal, if you will. Uh, and that is Haunted Manor. So this yeah. is a tricolor support. It's in the Strength, Willpower, and Agility attributes. Yeah. It's a three-cost support. It is not a unique one, so you can run multiples. Uh, and this is interesting. It says, give the second creature you summon each turn plus two, plus two. Yeah. So, full disclosure, I, I sent Charmer a message on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. I was like, that new Haunted Manor card or something like that, that seems broken. Because I thought it cost one. I, I saw it real quick. My phone died as I was looking at it for the very first time. I got in the shower and I was just thinking about it. I'm like, oh my god, that card costs one. Like, this card is fucking broken. <laughs> like, I, I was thinking about this. Like, what am I missing that makes this okay? And then I got out and I sent Charm that message. Then I looked at it again and I was like, oh, it costs three. Yeah. So earlier we were kind of talking about the art. I will say that this might be the first one that I'm like not super excited about art wise. Because yeah. I just don't think it matches much of what the rest of the set has looked like. And also, when I, when I hear Haunted Manor, like, yeah. I don't see spooky here. Like, this this looks like uh, it should be the Temple of Apollo or something. Like, it's very brightly lit. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this... I do... I will say, like, there's something, uh, you know, something Greek-looking about that, those colors with that art. I mean, like, I... I don't know. Greek's not the right word. Something classical about it that I, I appreciate. I just like the three color artwork, to be honest. The three color frame, but yeah, the three color frame is great. Uh, and yeah. like I said, it's not, it's not like this art is objectively bad. It just doesn't feel like it fits the rest of the legend stuff, and certainly not oh, yeah. what we've seen from this set. Morrowind has always been about really weird shit. This this looks like, <laughs> in my opinion, this like belongs in Eternal. Sure. Real quick shout out though, Eternal's a great fucking game. Yeah, I mean Eternal's great. <laughs> yeah. Um but so obviously uh Raiding Party loves this card, right? Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> you, you know what you know what else really likes this card? Uh Spider Lair, because you're always guaranteed yeah. to get a creature that enters play. Spider Lair is what I was thinking of when I first saw this card. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. No, it legit is, man. It legit is. Because I was like, what could I do with this that's fun? And I, I swear to God, as I was, I was in the shower, I was thinking of Spider Lair. So let me get this straight. I mention a legitimate card in Raiding Party, and I get get the fuck out of here, but you were legitimately yeah. thinking about Spider Lair? Yeah, because I want to have fun. I want to play fucking zero, zero, zero cost one ones with charge. Like, I'm not an asshole, right? Listen, okay? there's only one thing that I can say to you right now. Yeah. Time to fight. Let's yeah, do this. Right. <laughs> it's also way of life, I get it. But like I, I just think that uh oh you know what? Uh Chad has a good point. This is great with uh skeevers. Oh yeah. You're always gonna get one skeever bigger than the other. It's like the big brother yeah. skeever. Yeah, it's true. No, I, I, I do think this card's really interesting. Um 
I, I think it's probably better than it looks at first. You know, um, I don't know that you're going to play a 75 card aggro deck anyway, right? So, yeah. so here's the thing that I find interesting. Yeah, it's a 75 card, uh, 75 card deck card, right? It's a tricolor card. Right. This feels like it wants to be played in something aggressive, but here's the other thing: like if yeah. you play this on turn three, like you just gave up all your early tempo. Mm-hmm. And by the time that you can likely play this and two creatures with it, if it's not been like raiding party infused, um, right. this comes down really late. And if you're playing this and not getting immediate value, like you're just asking to go way behind on tempo. Like I yeah. feel like there's a really powerful effect here. I'm just struggling yeah. with at least what's been revealed so far to figure out where it fits. All right. I'm, I'm imagining... Cheap drain creatures, a lot of early removal, um, all three of Golden Saint, Triumphant Jarl, and Solrest Marshall. <laughs> Golden Saint? Uh, so th- that is interesting. All your token generators are actually really liking this. Yeah. Scouting Patrol, Golden Saint, Marked Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's see, when I thought it cost one, I, I, I was thinking about stuff like Marked Man and shit like that, too. You know, you know what would make me quit. I'm gonna be straight honest with you. When yeah. my opponent plays this, on uh, like I'm playing aggro, right? I got my mighty ally ready to go. My yeah. my opponent turns around and plays this and passes because they're taking the tempo loss, yeah. and uh, then I swing a mighty ally and I break two runes and they go prophecy, prophecy, and the second one gets plus two, plus two. Oh yeah. Like oh, what? Yeah. The, it's, the second one's moonlight. Wear. Right. I was gonna say the first time I get a <laughs> six four moonlight werebat off of this because I broke two runes, <laughs> like I'm gonna flip a table. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think this card's really interesting. I, I, I totally support any card that makes people think about building decks in a different way. And obviously this has synergies with plot, but plot has synergy with cards, right? Yeah. Um, this has, you know, a little bit more involved in, in, uh, in your decision-making process. Yeah, it changes the order in which you might play things, whereas plot, like, you just play things. Yeah, right. this, is, this is interesting. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have another tricolor card. <clears throat> Sweet. This is Inspiring Kinsman. This is a four yeah. cost two four in yeah. attributes, strength, willpower, endurance. Yes. Now a four cost two four might not seem uh, very, you know, amazing stat wise, but it has rally, sure. and it, we've been confirmed that it's supposed to say rally two. Yes. Uh, and rally. I'll, yeah. And I'll explain that in a minute because there's a couple of nuanced things to that, but it's supposed to have rally two. And then it also has a last gasp of when it dies, give a random creature in your hand plus two plus two. Right. So first off, Rally 2 does what the last gasp does. It gives uh, yes. a random creature in your hand plus two plus two. But it was also explained to me that Rally 2 work, like Rally works in that it stacks. So it's mm-hmm. not just that this has Rally 2, but apparently other creatures that have Rally, if you give them Rally again, essentially mm-hmm. have Rally 2. And yes. that's really interesting because if we start seeing things that do grant rally, that's that's potentially uh, really really interesting. Yeah, this is a really really powerful card. Okay, do you think here? And I know. Okay, so execute right, execute, execute, execute. Grizzly Let gourmet. Me Grizzly gourmet. Yeah. Do you think that at four in the deck that you would put this in? you would land a creature in the first three turns of the game that you will get executed. You know what I'm saying? Honestly? 
Probably right. not. That 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 is uh, my. I think that can totally make or break this card, right? Like Windkeep Spellsword comes to mind, but otherwise, right. like if I'm playing like a, an aggressive or a mid range deck that's in in those attributes, almost yeah. everything is like three twos, three threes, four fours, or whatever. So. Um, yeah. I mean, if you buff him ahead of time with like another rally effect, uh, he's not going to be, yeah, he's not going to be hit with it, but this thing... I really, I really like this card and I plan on playing with this card. Yeah, no, this card has a really strong power level. So the thing that stands out to me about it, and I kind of talked to you about this a little bit is that yeah. if you don't have another rally effect to buff him ahead of time, it's not even right. just execute or grizzly gourmet that mm -hmm. kind of like blows my mind. Right. Right. For me, it's just that if he's not getting more stats than what he already has on him, on mm -hmm. turn four, in the kind of deck that I think you want to play him in, is a 2-4, even with all of the snowball goodness of Rally 2 and the Last Gasp, is a 2-4 enough tempo to be worth mm -hmm. that slot? Would I ever want to play this like on curve, unbuffed, yeah. instead of Bleak Coast Troll? You know, would I ever want to play this on curve, unbuffed, instead of um hive defender you know what i mean like it's in that four slot and four is so key especially in these like attribute colors that that's the thing that i'm struggling with uh it's interesting right like so there's some leeway with the the four drop slot in a 75 card deck i mean you you, you know i i because my guess is that uh even though you you have you know an exact proportionate amount of more slots for your colors i think that you're more likely to have your curve be more bottom heavy than top heavy just so that you don't end up with a handful of manticoras in the first five turns um but i, I don't know I, it's a tough one to evaluate to be honest with you because i don't know what the rally deck's going to look like yet you know i, I was just talking we were just talking about this i don't know that the rally deck looks like anything we've really seen before let, yeah. i mean let, let's say we have a a, a a one one for two with charge and rally in red. Does that? I mean, I think that like that would. How much would that change things? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I mean, again, like I don't. I don't want to undersell it. This card is very, very powerful. It is a ball of stats. Right. But it, to me, it's um, it's like, it's like haunting spirit, but still like almost more conditional in in many ways too. Like haunting yeah. spirit. You know, a 3-3 three, three for 3 isn't terrible, but then, like, when it dies, it's going to continue to enhance your board presence. Whereas yeah. if you play this and it just gets executed or traded into or whatever and dies, right? Gets lightning bolted. Right. Um, it does still buff something, but it doesn't enhance your board presence, say, like, the way Haunting Spirit does. Like, this yeah. to me is more like Mark Hearth Bannerman, like Quinrall Burglar, in that, like, if it gets to attack, bad things <laughs> probably happen. But even when right. the when like bad things happen, it's still like a delayed thing. Like the minute Bannerman attacks, you get the benefit from it. Right. This is I I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. The, now it has clear synergy with things with charge, right? So like yeah. Underworld Vigilante loves this. Uh, yeah. Anything that I'm playing loves it because you know that I'm just going to cram everything that has charge into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I think this is a very powerful card, and it's a ball of stats. I just wonder how often you're going to execute your game plan with it. It's very interesting. 
the rally deck i th- you know you remember how when heroes of skyrim came out like the meta reacted in in these like these waves you know these like the, these seasons i guess if you will like there was dragon scout and then there was the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and, and dragon we weren't all playing dragon scout because it was the best deck we were all just playing dragon scout because it was the obvious deck <laughs> Yeah, and I think that the rally deck, like if it becomes a thing, I think will be one of the later decks to be developed, because it's so contingent on new cards that we haven't seen yet, and it's the hardest in my mind to theorycraft with. I'm excited to try it though. Well, we're almost through uh, the last of the cards that have been previewed since our last podcast, so let's go ahead and jump onto uh, another one that's been hotly debated. Yeah. Morag Tong Nightblade. So this yes. is a 4 cost 3-4 in willpower. Yes. When you summon it, you summon an 0-1 target with guard for your opponent. Yeah. This also has slay. Draw a card. Mm-hmm. If it's an action, reduce its cost to zero. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one, huh? So this is, to me, like Inspiring Kinsman. But yeah. potentially uh, better, but in different decks. The Kinsman is very, very good for decks that want to snowball your board presence. This, I think, is really yeah. good in like control decks where you're going to be playing a lot of actions and you want to be able to play them for free. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you would run this in a Swindler's Market deck, but I do find it kind of interesting that you could trigger Swindler's Market with Sure, you know, yeah. Dawn's Wrath or something cheeky. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a clearly very powerful effect. And quite honestly, I think it's powerful even if you don't draw an action. Like, just slay, draw a card yeah. uh, is solid, you know? that that That's where I think the power is in this. I think that this would fit into some ver- something that looks kind of like the old or new um, Crusader mid-range life gain deck. Right? I don't give a shit about the rest of the text. 3-4 for 4, slay, draw a card... I might play that card in that deck. If I randomly draw something and turn it to zero, fine. The zero one guard might be an impediment actually to what I like anticipate being my preferred usage for this card. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this card's hard to evaluate too. It's obviously powerful. It's nutty in arena. Um, I don't know. See, I think that this belongs more in something like Crusader Control than the, like the mid-range Crusader Life Gain. And I okay. think that I think that you want to take advantage of the O one as best as possible with things like Ravenous Hunger, but also yeah. things like Unstoppable Rage. So yeah. Unstoppable Rage synergizes a couple of times with this, right? Like if you draw a yeah. zero cost one, that's obviously pretty good because then you can do things like drop and dying dragon and rage. Right. But also just just donating a target. Yeah. And then Raging is pretty good. Also, because this costs four, you can play it and Rage in the same yeah. turn unanswered that, and then draw a lot of cards. Like That is true. I think that this, uh, you know, again, if you're playing Crusader Control, there's a lot of actions that getting a zero cost of would be very beneficial. Because not even like your big flashy ones. Like, yeah, there's Rage. Yeah, there's Dawn's Wrath. But honestly, even a zero cost, you know, Javelin, a zero cost cast into time. Like that's a I five mean, that's a five cost reduction. Look, anybody who's ever played Iron has pre- appreciated a zero cost execute once or twice in their life. You know, I mean, a- any discount it gives to anything is going to be great. 
Yeah, so I think that this belongs more in like that kind of control. Mage control yeah. would love it. I mean, who doesn't like free ice storms? Right. Um, yeah, I, I this is a this is a cool card. Yeah. Good enough that it makes me not just go to my default four drops in yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I, on Twitter, after I saw this, I said maybe, maybe secretly all this time when we were saying like, hey, Cloudrest might need an adjustment or a nerf. Uh, right. Maybe, maybe the secret is they're just going to keep printing four drops till you don't play Cloudrest. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, because like consider that monthly reward wolf card, right? Like that card's good enough that if it was in any other color, I feel like it would see a lot more play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this this is good and I think just like the previous card, this is one of those cards that like you're going to play this and your opponent essentially like has to have an answer or you're mm -hmm. going to do bad things. Yeah. And, and I mean obligatory it's a beautiful looking card comment, but I mean like this set just been Yeah, this one is fantastic art. Knocking it out of the park. As as does the next card uh which is uh the last card because uh, we went alphabetically, but also because I just knew that you would like to save the best for last in terms of uh, what's been yeah. revealed so far. Absolutely. This was the High King Emmerich reveal. <laughs> Stolen Pants. <laughs> Stolen Pants is a yeah. two-cost neutral item that gives a creature plus one, plus one. Right. And when you summon it, you summon an O one Sheepish Dunmer in the yeah. other lane. And on last yeah. gasp, you give the Dunmer his pants. Uh, the Sheepish Dunmer is a yeah. zero-cost creature. Uh, it's an 0-1. Yeah. When you summon it, you yeah. give it cover. And when he is <laughs> pantsless, he does not lose cover at the start of your turn. Well, he hangs out in the river. Yeah, this card is amazing, right? Look, I mean, okay, as far as value goes, it's actually a reasonable amount of value, right? spread out over a certain amount of time like you could look at this as a, a two magicka two one sorry two magicka one two twice which is not unreasonable but what it lacks in raw power it makes up for in being really fucking cool <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of cards that i want to know how they interact with this right um yeah. gardener of swords is it going to, oh, yeah. you know, create a bunch of Dunmer? Uh, I, I want to know. It, I, yeah, I think it will. Yeah. Then there's, so if there's multiple Dunmer, but only one stolen pants or whatever on the board, like yeah. which one gets the pants or do they all still get a copy of pants? I also yeah. am really curious about how this like works with Wismother. Same thing. Yeah. If I have a Wismother on the board and I play this, I assume it then creates two Dunmer, but then when the last gasp triggers, does only one of them get pants back or does it create... Right. Does it create magic pants? Like, is there a sisterhood of traveling pants that we have mm. to worry about? Mm. Um, yeah. That, that movie is inspirational, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is a cool card. I, I like this card. I don't know that it... You know, I honestly, I hadn't thought about slapping it on a Garden of Swords. Like, that is a pretty impressive amount of value. Um, not that that deck is, like, lacking for value, but... I uh, I like stolen pants. I think it's a fun card, and I like I love these references to Morrowind that we're getting in these cards too. Like we are really getting like the, the lore, t the touches on the lore that we've seen so far have been way better than we've seen in any other set so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, I said this was the last one, but then uh, 
I was reminded that technically there was one other one and I didn't put it in the slideshow because I'm apparently a failure. Oh, I, nice. I've brought yeah. great shame to my house and need to commit Sudoku now. Right, um, you should. But, so, but after the show. Yeah, so the last one we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about, I guess, is Morag Tong Aspirant. Uh, that oh, yeah. was the one cost agility creature that is a 2-1. And it yeah. says, slay, summon a copy of Morag Tong Aspirant. Right. Yeah, this... This uh, is the. This may be the most powerful one drop we've seen so far. It's a really powerful one drop, and I was really excited when I first saw it. And then the more that I thought about it, the more, like I still think that it's good, but yeah. the more I thought about it, there's a lot of very good answers like in the existing meta, and that's not counting like new stuff we see. So yeah, um, it's still I think interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. You know, this game has traditionally struggled with one drops. Let's put it like that, right? There's just not a lot of reason to run them. <laughs> uh, this one's better than most. Perhaps better than all that we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, the slay is fantastic and the two attack is really key. So the two attack means yeah. it trades into a lot of one drops and uh, mm -hmm. a decent amount of two drops that are three twos. The fact that mm -hmm. Slay says summon a copy of it means that, you know, even if you're trading in and it dies, it should still copy itself. Right. Um, yeah. It's a shame that there's not, like, a better one drop in this set, though. Yeah, I'll put a link to the card in chat because, again, I failed and did not have it in the, uh, the slideshow. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's obvious synergy with it too. So things like word crafter, cleric of kind, anything that's going to protect it as a two drop and allow this yep. to survive and make a copy means that you start snowballing even more. Right. Good with, uh, lesser ward. <laughs> yeah. So this is certainly a great one drop. It is. Uh, it's kind of a shame that we don't have more, like, one-drops that are playable because, right. you know, that, I think, fuels a lot of the stuff uh, that people feel about the ring and things like that. Oh, I accidentally clicked over to that Sun and Shadow teaser art. Uh, I guess I'll take that down. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I guess there was that art, too. I really thought we were going to do a Mud Crab. No, the Mud today. Crab was a snack for S Sun and Shadows. I don't know. I don't know where you got this picture. Even this is just weird. I, you know, it's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah. When we were getting our card reveals, yeah. and I got the uh, the message in Twitter about like, hey, you guys are going to reveal the uh, Argonian. Um, yeah. I was on break at work, and I was approached by this crab, and it had all these trinkets, and it was like, hey, oh wow, you want you want this uh, you want this picture? And I was like, okay, I'll take that, Mister Pinchy. How how often do do crabs interfere with your work? I have a severe problem with crabs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <dude. laughs> I, th I thought I could do more banter. <laughs> that's, that's fair. So, um, so anyway, he, he said like, do you, do you want something? And I said, yeah, I want more playable one drops. Uh, and yeah. so he said, sure. Like, let me help you out. You've okay. been, a, you've been a good sport dealing with all of these crabs. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got a mud crab merchant. Yeah, absolutely. 
as many people thought. Yes. This is legit as hell, man. Like, this card is yeah. awesome. So, Mudcrab Merchant is a one-cost neutral card on a 1-3 yeah. body. Yeah. And it says Summon. The Merchant yes. shows you two cards he has for sale. Uh -huh. Choose one to put in your hand, and he puts yes. the other in your opponent's hand. Yes. This card is really, 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 really good, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's at least playable. Yeah. And yeah, these cards are totally random. And uh, I don't know if he wants me to like share this publicly, but like even CVH, when when he uh, was going back and forth with us, said like right. he also thought it was potentially playable, because yeah. you get you get card choice, right? So you can yes. like you know you get first shot at whatever it is. Uh, the one three body for a one drop like isn't terrible. You know, you, no. theoretically, you could trade into like two ones, so things like Harpy and Survive. Not, not that like yeah. you really need to super get value out of it. But yeah. for me, I think the the one cost is the right price. Yeah. Um, like I'm gonna throw a Hail Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for one, I because it's just gonna show me random cards, right? For one, I could potentially get whatever yeah. answer I need. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have to give my opponent something, but because I also get the choice, like I'll know. So I can yeah. potentially play around it. Um, yeah. Like, like on the surface, it seems really, really bad, but also really, really good. Like, it's not card advantage, but it's potentially, potentially yeah. card like quality. Yeah. Like I, it's real. I'm having a hard time like really rating it, but I feel like I would want to play this in yeah. control decks, maybe. A hundred percent. I'm going to put this... I'm going to jam this in every control deck I build for a while. I mean, I just think this card is really good. I mean, I certainly want an excuse to play Mud Crabs. And, like, yes. of the Mud Crabs, I think this is the one that I feel the most comfortable just jamming into a deck. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say. First of all, this, you know, as far as the lore reference goes, it's perfect. It's on point. It's hysterical. The art is great. The expression on that mud crab's face is the <laughs> most hilarious fucking art I've ever seen in this game. Yeah. Uh, yet this is a huge buff to uh, the the four two spriggan that gives you a random animal. Do you think it's a buff to that? Hell yeah, man. Because I just want to draw more cards. Well, that's sure. potentially card draw. That, that's I mean, potentially two card draws. Oh, okay. I mean, I would rather get a clip razor, but hey, that, this, this works too. Yeah, I, I think you and I were talking. Um, I could yeah. see this potentially played in, not that they exist, because like, let's not kid ourselves. They don't exist. But like a non-agility ultra deck, right? Yeah. Something where you're yeah. not running Ungulum. That was the other thing we talked about, was this is the one drop of choice, I think, now for an ultra deck that doesn't run green. Yeah. Like, look, I'm not going to lie. There's been times in, in my Legends career where I played Moment of Clarity just as a Hail Mary. Like, I used to run it, like, as a one of Hail Mary. Oh, I used to run it in Action Mage. Uh, well, almost, yeah, almost you have synergy ago, there. Like, there was times <laughs> yeah. where I had no synergy, and I was just like, I'm going to throw in yeah. one Moment of Clarity as a Hail Mary card, right? But, I would totally run this as just like even if it's just a silver bullet one of like yeah you know meme i'm gonna include one yeah this card's great yeah 
This is a card I'm super excited to play with. And, you know, this is something I talked about. I, I recently did an interview, a brief interview with Insights with, with TESL, the uh, the blog that uh, Danny does that uh, talks to people in the community. And I mentioned that, like, I've always felt like Legends has sort of struggled with, like, their highlight reel videos, right? <laughs> or highlight reel cards, I'm sorry. This is a, an incredible highlight reel card that I don't think is going to feel oppressive or unfun. Like, and that's the balance that you want to you want to hit with those kinds of cards. This is going to create fascinating board states and uh, give my opponent um, Alduin. <laughs> yeah, I'll put up I'll put up the side as the two reveals we've done just so that we have like a good summary here. But uh, yeah. yeah, like here's the thing: part of me kind of hopes that the card is just good enough to see like a wide level of play, and that uh, there's enough high roll moments that uh, that I get one. Yeah, one rage Reddit thread. Like that's my goal for the card. I just want to see one, like yeah. serious thread where somebody's like, "This is dumb. Yeah. Why is this in the game?" It's yeah. you know what I mean. Like that's what yeah. I want. I just want one. Right. Because... Mudcrab Merchant gave my opponent with nothing in hand lethal. Gave him Tazcad, and then he, you know, a knight to right. remembered it, and then that drew him, you know, right. Dawn's wrath and yes. And it gave me Alduin. <laughs> yeah, this card is awesome. Oh yeah, there is some synergy here, right? Mocrab Merchant, great target for Sun and Shadow's Shackle ability. I don't know, man. I want my Merchant to attack. I gotta, I gotta trade with those Harpies and survive and kill those Ungulums and no. force I... that capitalism down your opponent's throat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mudcrab Merchant, I feel like, is going to be the source of uh, a meme. Like, I'm I'm waiting for the moment where I get a clip yeah. where, like, I play Mudcrab Merchant because I need a Hail Mary, and it gives me two really subpar choices. And then the the meme that I already have forming in my head is the old, like, pawn, pawn shop meme, right? Like, right. you know, I bring in this thing and, you know, hey, I, I want to sell this for, like, $5,000. And the Mudcrab comes back and says, I can do about five bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I do like it. The, I will say this about uh, just the set in general, and you kind of already touched on it. Skyrim did it a little bit, but the thing that I've enjoyed about the reveals so far for this set is even mm. for, like, non-unique cards like this, like non-unique legends, things like mm. Falling Wizard, like, almost yeah. every card that's been previewed has inspired a number of people to immediately go, oh my gosh, that's Mudcrab Merchant, just from the art. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's got to be Sun and Shadow. Oh my gosh, that's the quest where right. the guy lost his pants. Like, there is so much amazing nostalgia and, like, instant recognition from the cards that have been revealed so far that it has just been... It's been a wonderful reveal season. I agree. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, this is the set that I've been asking for forever. Uh, I think the, the Morrowind setting is fascinating. I think it's the best part, the weirdest part of the Elder Scrolls lore that we've ever seen. And I cannot wait to see more. I mean, we have not seen very many cards at all. Uh, we're getting 149 new cards. And what we have seen so far has been incredible across all rarities. I mean, this is just... The... the, compla the, the Additional complexity that they've shown a willingness to do is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I never would have expected half the stuff we've seen. 
I'm pretty sure I said on this podcast before that we would never see three color decks. I'm fairly certain I said that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we were thinking about it from the confines of the 50 cards, but yeah, like, I'm yeah. pretty sure. And then not only did we get that, but then we got, like, all of these other cards that are introducing some uh, cool complex mechanics like Rally, like Plot. Yes. Um, this, this is just a really interesting set that will 100% shake things up. And you're right. We've barely seen anything from this set. Mm. You know, we are, we, we are like less than a week away. Right. right? Yeah. Realist almost certainly. Because every, because everything always comes out a day before they say it's going to. <laughs> right. I was going to say like in the past, they always do okay. that like quiet soft launch where they're like, you right. know, we said we were going to do it this day, but they take it down for maintenance the day before so that it's ready on quote-unquote launch day, and then you get it a little right. bit early. So, like, right. we're either, you know, a week away or less than a week away to getting to play this set, and we have seen barely anything from yes. this set. That alone yeah. has me, like, super excited. Um, I have right. to assume they're going to do some sort of reveal event just like they've done for every other set in the past and i'm like dying for that i am gonna rifle through the uh yeah the catalog and we'll be like that a sounds like Christmas. A, a safe assumption <laughs> <laughs> i will say that if something like that were to happen and if i were to be invited you could also watch me stream it on twitch <laughs> yeah i feel like if something like that were going to take place i would likely be live while i was exploring it as well yes <laughs> maybe i don't know what your schedule is like but maybe we could do something together yeah, we, we should go play. through and we should do some scrimmages. Yeah, scrimmages, and uh, I was just thinking like going through going through the old card catalog together and going, "Oh my god, did you see this?" We'll right. both start at different ends and work our way towards the middle. I agree, and I'm gonna record the whole thing and upload it to YouTube so I can save myself some time. <laughs> yeah, if something like that were to happen, if something like that were to happen, it probably won't though. I mean, it has in the past. I am on Keller. Yes, this is the Justin Larson. Yeah. I uh, I host this podcast with Charmer. We co-host uh this is our like 25th episode. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> sounds like they're new so I'll I'll at least show your your beautiful beautiful face. Oh, oh, thanks man. Good looking at. There there is the Justin Larson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that that is our uh that is our reveals. Um Yes. Again, really, yeah. really excited to to play this set. Um, yeah. This is the fun and interactive podcast. We've been trying to pay attention to chat, but we've also we wanted to cover the right. cards. Right. We wanted to do the memes. So now we yeah. are. We want to hear from you. Like, what are you excited about? What questions do you have? Let us yeah. know if you're going to PAX East. Again, we talked about it at the beginning, but yes. I want to reiterate: Justin and I will be uh, at the Bethesda Game Day event uh, uh, Saturday, the weekend of PAX East. Um, April seventh. Yep, April seventh. We're going to be doing a live version of the fun and interactive podcast with guest star CVH there from the show, and then we'll be hanging out all day. So, yes. uh, yeah, if you want to come in, kick it with us. Um, we'll be there. We'll be having fun all all afternoon. Uh, we're going to be. They've rented out a comedy club that we're going to be hanging out in. There's going to be food and music and stuff. So this is a this is a good question because I'm sure it might pop up and I'll go ahead and answer it from Ammon Keller. Uh, they ask why is there a three and they're talking about like the number of cards next to Sun and Shadow. He's unique. Uh, the answer is and this is interesting. 
Um, the image files for the cards themselves don't exist as a single image. When they're built in the client, they are like dynamically rendered. And so when they give us the screen captures for the previews, um, they give us like this stock screen uh, rendering of it. So even though it says three, it is a unique, you can only play one of it. It's just a side effect of the way that they create the images to give to us for the reveals. That happens uh, basically like every set, so. Yeah. I understood about half the words you just used. <laughs> I, will say, I will say, I want to throw this up. Man, I love the art. That, like, that mud crab is really, really cool. Yeah. This sun and shadow is really, really cool. The barest hint of the smile on, on Mudcrab Merchant is just fucking awesome. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of Justin Larson, Eradicator of the Winged Menace. Like, that yeah. is yeah. that is realistic. We're taking the interaction to a whole new level here. Yeah, this is what you have to look forward to if you come to the Bethesda gameplay yeah. event. Yes. On April 7th. Yes. I'm definitely not actually short and obese. No, you, you can just... <laughs> You can just soak that in. Did you just say short? I'm pretty sure you're taller than me. No, I am. I, I think I'm significantly taller than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a tiny man. <laughs> yeah. Good times, man. Yeah, I'm ripped. Yeah. To be fair, uh, Shunar writes, to be fair, Sun and, Sun and Shadow is probably the card art I like uh, least from this expansion so far. It's definitely a, a, a different look than most of the cards. Um, I like it. I like that it is so in your face and in Sun and Shadow's face. But I, I can see what you're saying. It's very different. Um, Captain um, Cap Gun Voltron, no, I do not work for Bethesda. I work for the Second Chance Center and I'm a therapist. <laughs> that, that is true. That is correct. Yeah. Jeff Stin Larson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like finding any excuse I can to say the words Eradicator of the Winged Menace, so... Yeah, that title's great, dude. I don't even know if it's meant to be funny, but I think it's hysterical. I yeah, It's probably not meant to be funny, but I also think it's hysterical. Yeah, it's pretty great. great pretty great. Good times. So, uh, we got some more questions. Uh, this one's right. to us and Maricon says so colors are called attributes a combination of two colors are named after uh or classes why are the combinations of three attributes named after factions but called triple attribute decks well um i mean they're named after the houses because this is like the introduction of them but yeah. they're called triple attribute decks because they are still consisting of tri yeah. triple attributes right like I mean, you could also call them tricolor decks. That's going to be slang that's thrown around a lot. So, yeah. really, I guess you I, can call them whatever you want. But I mean, I, I've traditionally called the individual attributes by their colors. Uh, and then I call the ten two-color combinations by their classes. And I think that within a few weeks, we'll all be pretty used to addressing the five three-color combinations that we have access to now by their uh, house name. I... I will only use the Telvani one. Yeah. Yeah, because the other houses don't exist to me. I'm only using House Dagoth because uh, represent. Dude. <laughs> Are you going to throw up the House Telvani gang sign that I introduced? <laughs> <laughs> Time out. 
That's gotta, right. Gotta throw up my gang sign. <laughs> and of course, there are other houses. You know, there's house Indoril. There's house. Uh... There's one other. Yeah, one. Immortal King in chat says sixth house, best house. I assume he's referring to house Sodius. That's an Easter yeah. egg for the future. Yes, there is another house being revealed. It's kind of a secret thing. We had to sign an NDA about it, so we'll talk to you guys about that when we can. <clears throat> Good times. Yeah, chat wants you to show the gang sign. I don't. I don't represent that 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 family, that house. So you're gonna have to do that. Um. Somebody did ask if uh, Sun and Shadow combines with Dress Renegade the way Arrest does. The answer is yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, somebody wanted to see the gang sign. You want to go ahead and I got it's just it's just like a, a technical foul, right? Like, yeah. T stands for time to leave. House Tilvani. Yeah, represent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good times. Oh. Yeah, what's the Dwemer house? Um, House D. Big D. Lots of D. Deep D. Nicole says that's the lamest sign ever. Do you realize who you are watching right now? If you expected something cool or witty, like, yeah. you're, you're not getting it. In fact, look, let me... I don't even know if I can do this right for the camera. The only cool thing I can do with my hands is I can turn... Do I, need... I can turn my fingers into a frog that ribbits and my kid loves it like that's oh i guess there's also like this uh like ostrich looking thing that i can make god i can't even do it right for the camera but i swear it it looks like one so yeah like no there's no gang signs that is awful yeah it's pretty awful i mean no gang <laughs> signs that i'm that i'm gonna do that i'm proud of anyway <laughs> yeah we are the nothing but dad joke channel yeah, 100%. Somebody actually at work today was like holding a baby. And they're like, oh, I want to have one. And I said, why? This is a coworker, right? Obviously, I don't talk to clients like this, but I was like, why? And they're like, Justin, you make more dad jokes than anyone else I know. And of course, they don't know Charmer. But I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, and my, my cat gets all of them. <laughs> We're not real G's. I mean, not anymore. I retired. <laughs> Charmer, you are like the nice guy everyone likes. That That is very sweet, but that is only here. Like, I'm not even joking. I have been told by coworkers that I am off-putting. I've been told <laughs> by my in-laws that I come off arrogant and like I'm better than everybody. Uh, nice. A friend of the family, um, my first degree, the first time I went to college was for criminal justice. So my first degree was in that. And yeah. I was told by a friend of the family, like, Oh, you want to be a cop? That makes total sense. You have that don't fuck with me attitude, right? Like, nice. apparently, I'm just really, really mean in person. <laughs> yeah. So come to PAX East and meet it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah cl a, classic salty butthole, right? He's a salty butthole, yeah. Oh, House Dresden, House Indoral. Yeah. Yeah. You doubt they would be represented in game. That's fair. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to show off my my house uh, tied Vani cred. Oh yeah, tied Vani represent. I do kind of hope that they have titles related to the houses. 
Like, yeah. you know we're going to have to get some new titles, right? So I, I do kind of yeah. feel like that would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to new titles. I'm looking forward to the 10 new card backs or whatever we're getting. That's amazing. Um, including a legend card back, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. New, new card back for hitting legendary. Yeah. At long last. <laughs> Leave it to Malibu Barbus. So we're not going to talk about how the mud crab merchant is a slave trader, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's true. <laughs> Look, Morrowind is full of slaves, right? I don't know if you guys saw that uh, TS, TESL Cribs episode um, that went to one of the houses of Morrowind, but um, uh, that, the, the guy who was on that episode, he has a Khajiit slave in his house. It's just nasty. I will say, I, mean, I need more I mean, Khajiit revealed. Yeah, that's true. I mean... Because you don't have great living conditions in Morrowind. <laughs> I, think we, we literally, I was literally just talking about this. <laughs> like, what, what, I mean, like, what? Because you'd like, all interplay shackled? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> hey. M. Nicole 90 writes Justin kind of seems like the guy at work that makes dirty jokes all the time and hits on all the girls. I am sorry that I get that vibe off. Uh, that is not the case. That is not how he is in real life. However, I can say that he did hire a 22 year old, like, secretary so yeah i do have a secretary <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need mike yeah we do i also hit on all the boys i don't hit on anybody it's super unethical given what i do for a living <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah good times yeah good times <laughs> Yeah, we all want Mike. Yeah, Mike needs uh needs to exist. True story. Um, a member of the community has actually visited my work. Um, Kingly Arthur, the uh, who streams sometimes, also a travel blogger, passed through Denver, and I gave him a tour. Yeah, fun fact: I've never met anyone who's recognized me from the stream or from YouTube. Yeah, but I did meet somebody in Meyer who thought they recognized me nice. for somebody else. It was not me, but then yeah. my wife said, "No, he does do YouTube. Maybe it is him." And I was like, "No, it's definitely not me." And then they followed my YouTube anyway, and then sent me messages. So like, I I got a new YouTube subscriber for nice. an accidental thing, but I've never I've never had anyone. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even try to hide it either. Like, I don't talk about it with my coworkers or anything. I think yeah. like maybe two at my work actually know. Um, yeah. But like, I, I've got like a phone case that has like the Charmer logo on it. So like, it's not like I'm hiding it, but nobody recognizes me. So <laughs> yeah, I've never met anyone like on the street or anything like that who knew who I was. Yeah. I just, feel, I don't, I don't even know how I would handle that. Not because like, I, I like that. I would just feel uncomfortable because I would, I don't, you know, we do stuff like this. We talk with everybody. I love it. I always look forward to it, but it's still, when I actually sit back, it's super surreal to even think of like, I talk to a couple hundred people periodically, you know? It's Dude, weird. we're going to, we're going to fucking PAX. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't, like, I want to put, you know, names to faces and I want to, yeah. you know, 
not just do like the broadcast me, but like you know, yeah. the hang out full on dad joke me. Yeah, this will be fun. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, please come up to us, say hello, chat with us about whatever. I mean, look, like at the end of the day, I think the reason that Charmer and I became friends, like uh, when we started talking after we, you know, started playing this game, is because like we're just a couple of guys who love playing this game. You know, <laughs> we're just we're just really huge fans of the game. I also cultivated a very flattering dick pic and sent it to him. That's the secret. Yeah, he. Ju- you know, I I know that you all think that he, there is no truth to that story, but he he actually sent me a picture of Dick Cheney. Like it was like one of our first conversations. Yeah, like I think the very first DM I ever sent him was like I sent yeah. him Dick Cheney, uh, yeah. Dick Tracy. Uh, there was like Dick- three or four of them, and I was like, I'm sending you dick pics. Right, Dick Nixon. Yeah. Yeah, Dick Nixon. Mm-hmm. That was over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the setup going to be like at PAX? So. There's a bunch of things going on. They've rented out this comedy club for the afternoon and evening. Um, it's like right across the street from the convention center. Uh, there's going to be a stage. There's going to be room for like, they think it's like four or 500 people. Um, you don't need a ticket. You just come in and hang out. There's going to be food, music, and then various games will present on the stage. And then afterwards, it's just a big mingle and hang out thing. Yeah, I can't stress that other part enough, by the way. Um, you, If you are in the Boston area but do not have tickets to PAX, you do not need PAX badges to attend the Bethesda Game Day event. I'm going to find right. a uh, link to the article here and post it in uh, chat so that yeah. people can get all of the details. But yeah, it is, it is at the PAX area, but you do not... Because I know like badges are sold out or whatever right so like if you were trying to find them now it might be a little bit difficult so like if if you're not yeah. going to the actual show but you're in the area you can still stop by it's right across the street i just put the link in chat yeah. come say hello yeah come hang out i mean we'll be there most of friday all of saturday and then we're getting the fuck out early saturday, sunday <laughs> yeah and it's not just legend stuff going on as well. Like they're gonna have some people there from Quake Champions, uh, Elder Scrolls Online just announced their expansion. Again, uh, right. Wolfenstein is gonna be on Nintendo Switch for you to try. They've got yes. uh, like swag they're giving out. There's like gloves and yes. hats and stuff, if I remember right. I said something. Cool. I saw something about cool. gloves. Cool free shit, I believe. Let me find. Let me pull up the information I have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. We we can we did a conference call, what last weekend? Yeah. Oh, what, there's the there's a T-shirt even. Is there? That's what yeah. it says here. In addition to checking out our latest games, blah blah blah, event attendees can score some great swag like the Bethesda Gameplay Day T-shirt, yes, and potentially even yeah. win some exclusive prizes. Fans yes. who stop by the event to play will be able to combat uh, the spring chill with Quake Champions yes. scarves, Legends gloves, and ESO beanies. Yeah. It's going to be legit. Um, Have we ever hung out in person before yet? No, we have not. The only people... Well, I, I guess I can say that. I've met a lot of people involved in this game, to be honest. <laughs> oh, some of the exclusive stuff is really cool. Yeah. Giving away the following prizes, both to an in-person attendee and viewers watching online. So keep that part in mind as well. If you are not here, mm-hmm. they will be broadcasting online. You will be able to watch our podcast uh, online. Yes. We will be doing a live episode of Fun and Interactive with CVH from the event. 
Yeah, so here's some of the really cool stuff. There's a customized Nintendo Switch inspired by the flight jacket worn by uh, BJ from Wolfenstein. Uh, there's a custom-designed Xbox One uh, X and PlayStation 4 Pro for the Elder Scrolls Online summer set, which is amazing. I don't own either of those. There's an yeah. Elder Scrolls Legends Houses of Morrowind-skinned iPad. I do not own an iPad. Uh, yeah. And there's a pair of Astro A50s perfect for extended sessions of Quake right. Champions. Yeah, so... I literally own events, none of those things. The event's going from 1.30 to 9. Um, from three to five, from three to six, there is some um, some content, including us at four o'clock, and uh, the rest of the time we're just going to be kicking it. Yeah, and even if you don't like us, and I don't blame you, CVH is going to be there, and yeah, some and of the other Bethesda people. He's actually good at this game. Yeah, <laughs> so we're just big. We're just big fans. Hey, now, I, char- I think I'm inside top 200 right now. Charmer's pretty good. Yeah, I am currently, about, I think, the 850th best player in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least I was last night when I hit Legend. So, again, I know I just did it, but I'll, I'll just spam it, whatever. Here's a link to all the information. Again, um, we're, we're legitimately really excited. Yeah. We've been, like, dying to tell you guys we're, yes. we're, pumped. we're pumped to meet each other. Uh, yes. We're pumped to meet you. Uh, we hope this is just the first of many possibilities for us to interact with you guys, hang out, yes. play Legends. Um, yeah. You know, the chat has a good point that there's no way we can keep the show to an hour. I've, a- I've been thinking about that. I told you yeah. that because of the one project yeah. we were talking about. Remember when I said right. time is an issue? Right. Because we, we already had illusions of grandeur and we're having to tone it down. So. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. And we are bringing something pretty cool. Yeah. So I think you'll like the meme that we bring yeah we will be bringing some memes too we yeah we're not gonna we're gonna try not to let you down i'll put it that way yeah i mean you'll be let down enough when you meet us in person <laughs> yeah we gotta temper that with some memeage <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yummy says we're gonna get on stage talk about eternal and bitcoin yeah Look, good man. good to see you cvh so about this mueller thing yeah, yeah, no shit. Oh my god, dude, we are gonna have to seriously watch the political stuff. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, it's gonna be so hard, especially if there's indictments tomorrow. Hey, hey, Grandstaff, can you go ahead and just put my uh, my Bitcoin investments up on screen? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Crazy. No, we'll have to we'll have to just tone that stuff down. But I I'm really excited. The, the expansion will also yeah. be out by then, so by that time we'll be able yeah. to. That's true. Uh, you know, start talking about with the things we're playing, you know, potentially yeah. what else is coming. Like, it's, I'm really excited. Me too. Can't stress be it enough. And yeah, I would just encourage everybody anywhere near Boston. I don't even, I mean, I look, I've never been to Boston. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> but anybody near Boston, come hang out, man. Spend the afternoon, spend Saturday the 7th, hanging out at the uh, comedy club, and uh, we'll have a good, grand old time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Somebody says Boston's great. Probably is. I need to get a hold of some actual, uh, like, passes, passes. Yeah. You know what, though? To be honest with you, I kind of just figure Friday we're just going to, like, fucking kick it. And, uh, you know, Saturday do the Bethesda thing. Well, that I was going to say, that was the day I wanted to go walk around. Saturday morning? No, like, Friday. Oh, yeah. I know, like I know you said like kick it, and I was planning on doing that in the evening, but I think I'm yeah. getting there like four or five hours before you, or something like that. <laughs> um, we're landing at like ten or eleven. Oh, really? Never mind. 
Yeah, we're leaving Saturday, Friday at 7 a.m. And uh, we're leaving yeah. Sunday at 7 a.m. Yeah, because I think I get in at like 11 as well. But yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, yeah I, just, I figured I would walk around because, like I like I said, I've never been to PAX. I've never been to Boston, so I kind of right. wanted to walk around the city and hang out a bit, and I kind of wanted to do right. the show, uh, if yeah. possible, a little bit just because of, you know, the experience, if you will. That's true. Um, there's other content creators I know that are going that I'd love to say hi to, stuff like that, but... Uh, Gyro Captain uh, says we got to film some commercials while we're in the same room. Uh, Sandra will be there too. Sandra's the person who's filmed all of our nonsense so far. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure she, uh, is eager to make some art. So, yeah, I mean, you guys can just watch our Twitter feed because it's probably as soon as we're done filming the stuff we do in person, uh, we can put a link to the Pornhub spot. Uh, yeah. like that's not a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good times. You know who else might be taller than Charmer? Everybody. Sandra? <laughs> Probably. I mean, she's yeah. she's an Amazon, man. Yeah, that's true. You, you don't mind me giving me... I, you know I'm just fucking around, right? Because, like, like, I always think it's funny when you meet people who you've never met in person before. Like, act, I think of actors and musicians. They all yeah. end up being, like, not the, the, the size or shape you thought they would be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I think this is funny. Listen, I like I am I am the most average of average like you can get yeah. like as far as yeah. Americans go. Like I'm I'm 5'9". Yeah. Um like I this morning's weight I was like 167 and change. Yeah. Um, well, I weigh I weigh considerably more than you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still I'm trying to cut weight. I'm trying to get down to like Yeah. 155-160ish. The the abs are almost yeah. back. I understand. I'm slowly losing weight. We're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. It's good times. We're both betas who don't lift. Uh, I do lift, actually. I'm just trying to cut weight right now, so you can't yeah. can't put on muscle mass when you're cutting, man. It's all going away. But I'm not a beta that don't lift, bro. I get swole. I was getting swole today, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I put on weight uh, when my mom died because I had my feelings, and then I put on weight when I hurt my knee because then yeah. I had to skip leg day, and that that meant uh, I wasn't burning the calories I used to. So Yeah, it's all good. Who gives a shit? Apparently, chat does. I'm going to have to time to fight up in here. <laughs> Salt is a way of life. <laughs> right? <laughs> Told you I'm, a, I'm an off-putting salty butthole. No, uh, I wish I could do that voice. I, I'm so honest. Like, I wish I could do that voice from that. Uh, is it? How does it sound? Well, if you give me a second, I can boot yeah, up the old it. soundboard. Play it for me. I'll see if I can do it. Oh, you won't be able to hear it through my microphone, though, because I don't have the uh, the throughput Is it like, like news reporter voice? Yeah, because it's from that documentary that I love so much. Right, maybe news reporter voice. Down here, salt is a way of life. Yeah, kind of. It's, uh... <laughs> Salt is a way of life. So, like, they just heard it. If you guys aren't... So, here's the thing. I'll play the whole audio clip. This is from, like, a documentary. If you guys don't know, I'm semi-obsessed with this at this point. When I'm normally streaming, I got, like, a soundboard that's going. Um, and that, that Salt is a way of life is a shortened version of this full clip, so... Down here, Salt is a way of life. Obviously, the environment down here is all salt. The, the ceiling's salt, the floor's salt, the walls are salt, and to an extent, the air is salt. 
and you breathe that in and you can constantly taste the salt. And that basically describes my constant state on the ladder, so. Down here, salt is a way of life. Yeah, I totally can't do that. <laughs> Not with any seriousness, anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm more like the, the random guy that uh, they're interviewing, you know? No, yeah. You're a salty butthole. Right. I'm so... I always found, like, the, the key to doing voices is to, like, uh, just listen to something for a long time beforehand. I just try to, like, do it, right, for practice, but I when I'm practicing, I don't want anyone to hear me practicing, and I'm so rarely alone that it's hard to get that time in. Yeah. Because, like, if I just walk around the house doing it, everyone looks at me funny. Yeah. When I walked out to my car for that video I was filming, dressed as a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> fucking dark elf, dude. My neighbor right across the street was watching his fucking car. And, like, I was, I looked at Santa, I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> She's like, she just gives me the nod. I just fucking went out there and nailed it all, walked right back, and I, he, his eyes are just on me the entire time. See, I would have relished that. But again, I'm I'm an off-putting salty butthole. I would have walked out and locked eyes and not yeah. said a word and just established dominance the way nice. you do, you know? Last year when I went into the forest to film that fucking rap video um, dressed as an orc, a bunch of people walked past as we were filming and like, stopped and stared and took pictures and shit. <clears throat> you drop more f-bombs in that segment then in the rest of the video yeah that makes sense alpha charmer yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing yeah good oh, times man, man if i could get a good emote of like me locking eyes or something charm alpha would be a cool emote yeah Dude, tomorrow I gotta go teach relapse prevention in, in the intake prison, DRDC, and I have to leave the house at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow... What do I got going on tomorrow? Work? Gym again? Stream? Yeah. So I can grind, yeah. grind the ladder after I get done grinding at the gym and checking oh, yeah. my grinder account. Can I say grind some more? It's because you're alpha as fuck. <laughs> it's cause, yeah, bro. Fucking alpha. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> what, mate? Yeah. Or whatever they say. I don't know. There will be so many fights at PAX. Will there really? Yeah, it's time well, to fight. That's, really that's not... another voice I wish I could do. Like, I wish I could do the, like, deep, grisly, like, time to fight so bad. I'm really easy to get along with. Like, I don't anticipate fighting anybody. Look, we're not fighting CVH. That dude's fucking ripped. <laughs> like, I'm just not going to pick that fight. We need a 24-hour marathon cast for charity. Yeah, actually, I've been talking to uh, my, the operations manager at my, uh, not where I work about setting something like that up. Yeah, we have in the past as well talked about, like, Justin yeah. and I doing stuff for, like, animal shelters. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that, that's something we will do at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're looking, it seems, dangerously affordable. No, you don't need any tickets for the Bethesda event, event Ian. Yeah. 
You do not need a, a PAX uh, badge. Oh, that's another reason I wanted a PAX badge. Because uh, I'm a Discord partner. Like, I could get free stuff from them. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch... There's, a there's like, a bunch of reasons why I wanted to kind of go in. But, but yeah, for this event, again, cannot reiterate, you do not need a badge uh, to PAX. You just have to be in the area and yeah. show up, um, get free stuff. Now, supplies are limited on the free stuff. So, like, you know, if a lot of you show up, it's going to be first yeah. come, first serve. But... Yeah, yeah, like you can just show up, hang out, play games. Yeah. It's going to be and, a lot uh, of fun. And Charm and I have some stuff planned and some stuff we're still working on. I'm sure we'll bring some cool shit to do and give away as well. Be yeah. Legit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. Like, we actually have, like, there, there is, like, we both have stores where you can buy our cool shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, PAX is in Boston, Soldier Run. Great question. And... If I was driving, I would have no problem with picking Ian up on the way through, but I am not driving. Yeah, we are flying. Flying United, right? I'm flying United. I'm pretty sure that I'm also flying United, or I did... Because I think they asked for preference, and I said my preference was Blood Dragon. So if it's yeah. not one, it's the other. Blood Dragon's great because you can just uh, avoid the TSA entirely. I don't know if you know that with them because uh, mm. they, they try to guard you from doing things, but Blood Dragon just yeah. ignores it. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, Ian, 150 bucks, Totally worth it, bro. We'd love to kick it with you. Bring the door. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Can someone pick you up in Germany? Uh, probably not. Oh my god, I want to bring a door now and just cosplay as Ian. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. Fire Drake, what did you think of the deck list all over the screen post? Uh, <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Dude, Sodium Mag makes some of the funniest shit I've ever seen this game's community create. Um, fun fact, the, the frames actually that, that I use on my videos, he made those like a year ago. Um... And when he got into content creation, like, it was just awesome. Yeah, he made those for me August 3rd. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just a great, great guy to have him as a member of the community. Oh, great question. Malibu Barbus wants to know what kind of seating preferences are on Blood Dragon Air. Um, hmm. Personally, I don't like the responsibility of being near uh, the wing portion because that's, like, the escape route. Um, yeah. usually I like to be close to, uh, the head mostly yeah. because then if something happens, I can, I can exit very quickly. Um, yeah. when it lands, uh, it's a pretty easy exit. Yeah. I mean, you can land in either lane, yeah. right? You can and it, ignore guards. It does get a little hot up there. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's good times. Zenith Dragon says he caught uh, Sodi uh, streaming once. That's good times. Yeah, he's just a fun guy. I like talking to him. Um, yeah. And he's ha half of the Hiking Emmerich team, and Hiking Emmerich <laughs> makes some pretty amazing shit. Yeah, there is more legroom near the exits, but apparently I don't need legroom because I'm a tiny guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say <laughs> oh shit oh man did you know they let me bring nicotine gum into prison no yeah first time I went in I was like I was going to be in there you know as a visitor <laughs> I was like 
I was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing? We'd be there for eight hours at nicotine. And I just white-knuckled it, right? And it was already, like, really anxiety-inducing because, like, I hadn't been in prison since I was in prison. Um, and I thought, you know, I got out and I just, <clears throat> you know, hit the shit out of my uh, vape. But then I found out you can bring nicotine gum in prison, so. Interesting. Yeah. I just assume my experience is going to be like cavity searches and shit going in. Now they don't give a fuck what you bring in as long as you're not an inmate. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've <laughs> never, like, had that much of a problem when I entered, but I was not right, going well, in as an inmate, so. Yeah, I never, I never had that experience. It was new. Griffin Gasp says, I need legroom like a motherfucker. I hate planes. Uh, I've never really had a fear of flying. I kind of like flying, actually. My dad's actually a pilot. Sometimes they set off my vertigo, which is annoying, and they make my torn hamstring hurt. But other than that, I don't mind them. Good times. Can you bring smartwatches into prison? Uh, I never tried. I was not able to bring a cell phone. Yeah, I was going to say, usually that's a no. Yeah. Depends on which parts. Like, low low security prisons, like for visitation and stuff, you might be able to bring in yeah, a watch. But I have, a, I have an insulin pump. I have type 1 diabetes. And, um... I was able to bring that in. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it seems obvious, but, like, I wasn't allowed to have it when I was an inmate. <laughs> well, because you might you might use it to, like, hurt yourself or somebody yeah, yeah. else. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So... We should probably wrap up the official part of the podcast and move on to the after party. Oh, where we turn it off and I vape and I talk shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm down with that. Great show, everybody. See you all on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs>